Welcome to another episode of the XR Magazine podcast. I am Diana Olenik, your host. And today we're going to be speaking about Shapes XR. So if you are a designer or an aspiring designer, or somehow you are interested in general in design, I promise you this is an episode of your interest. Shapes XR is a design and rapid prototyping tool that can be used to create AR and VR, which means augmented reality and virtual reality experiences directly on your Oculus Quest headset. You can also collaborate on a project with your team and share it across the web. While most AR and VR building tools tend to feature a steep learning curve and require some form of coding experience, Shapes XR ditches all of that through an interactive onboarding process unless you build with your hands rather than create through complex computer language. Today, we're going to be speaking with Gabriel Romanoli, who is the head of community at Shapes XR, which is an award-winning startup on a mission to bring the next level tool for creation and collaboration in the metaverse. Gabriel is very passionate about collaboration and creativity. He has stepped on several international stages to inspire audiences and share his vision on how immersive technologies can have an impact on teams' creativity and productivity right now. And as the intro says, right now, we really need to take advantage of this amazing opportunity. We're going to be speaking here with Gabriel, and he is going to be letting us know about how all of this tool was created and how it's changing the way that we undertake design. And as you might have known already with other episodes that we have done, design and engineering always go together. So let's see how people is using this amazing tool for design. Let's do it. Thank you so much. Today we are speaking with Gabriel Romanoli, who is the co-founder of Shapes XR. Uh, thank you so much, Gabriel, for being here today. How are you doing today? Very well, very well. I mean, uh, it's uh, it's 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 exciting. It's going to be an exciting summer. <laughs> so yes, always a lot on yeah. uh, a lot going on, a lot of announcement, uh, not just from us, uh, from Shapes, but in general from the VR industry. So it, it's really a running train. So pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> pretty exciting, yeah, for sure. Um, Shapes XR, as I was saying in the intro, is a very interesting tool that, in my opinion, there is nothing like so right now in the market. So we're very curious to know how were the beginnings of Shapes XR, how it was conceptualized. Uh, could you please uh, describe a little bit of that process? Of course, of course. So uh, the Shapes XR was born from the um, from the need that we discovered when we built our previous tool. Our previous tool was uh, Twoli, was a tool for animators, uh, and we have seen that. Um, that tool was actually used to design and prototype by people, for example, at Unity, at Meta. And there was that need from designers to start expressing themselves, idea and concepts in 3D. And that was the initial need. But yet, 
it was not the perfect tool for it for several reasons, because there was a layer of complexity in the animation system that we built in, um, but also because, of course, it was requiring a PC. So we ran indeed a lot of uh, like over 50 interviews with enterprise and studios and designers and product managers. And we discovered that there was something, what was needed was to have a tool that was standalone, was on standalone headsets that was easily accessible and pick up and that didn't have that layer of complexity of the animation where you need like a timeline, you have keyframes, but that would still allow to tell a story, a story of a user interaction or of a user journey and so on. So we, we condense all the learnings that we have gotten from our previous tool uh, with, the, um, with the, the insight that we got from uh, uh, running all those interviews. And we come up with, with shapes that was released uh, the 11th of November last year on the uh, Quest Store. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's great that you had also sort of like a foundation already with another product that was working in the market that people was using and you you sort of um, began from there using that um, feedback from people. So that that's great. Thank you for sharing that. So how about the actual design? Because it was a need, so which is very important. And how you come up with how it is actually going to be? What are going to be exactly the features that we're going to build is a minimum viable product? Right. So the, the, in our case, what we were looking at is to have like an accessible creation uh, tool set. So what does that mean? Um, I mean, there are many ways of making a cube, for example, right? That is like one of the most basic shapes. And in our case, for example, in Tvori, like in other, uh, other creation tool, very often what you do is that you bring a cube and then you start stretching it, for example. What we need instead is that it's not just about bringing a cube, but by selecting a cube, you have it as a drawing uh, tool so that you could start drawing cubes directly uh, using, using your controller. So this was one of the decisions that, for example, we, we did. But in general, it's, it, what, what drove the whole, uh, the whole experience was like, let's limit uh, panels over to the UI as much as possible. Let's have the interactions that are native to, to VR to, to speak by themselves. And uh, Let's make it in a way, maybe let, let, let me rephrase. So for who were we building this? We were building for designers that were working on the initial stage of their designs. Consequently, we also do, okay, this is a mock-up tool, right? That was like driver. This is a mock-up tool. This is something that shouldn't be high fidelity. And that's why, for example, we, we didn't want to have a huge library or like high polygons or maybe a lot of color option of light or shades or 3D modeling. No, this was a place where people could go, assemble the scene. And what was the main driver where two more was basically the fact that needs to be able to tell a story. And that's why we introduced the stage system that are those frames that people can duplicate to create this stop motion like uh, storyline or storyboard. And the other one, it was a, that had to be collaborative because people want to be there and share that experience. Um, so those are some of the things. And when we also think about the design, one thing that we did was involve our community from step zero. 
So that means that as soon as we had something that could go online, even if it was breaking, even if the value was not directly perfect as it is right now, we could already get people in and have an experience to, of how the interaction was and gathering their feedback on the UI, on the, the, the number of clicks or interaction that was needed to do something. Uh, and that's, that was actually like pretty, pretty early, we realized that we were not doing the right thing. <laughs> so when we got people in, we got, hey, yeah, you know, because I have to do this and to create this, I have to do this. I want to be faster. I want to be more efficient. Uh, and, and so involving the, 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 our community, the people that were using the tool, also from our previous uh, tool in general, was something that really helped us make better design decisions that are now really paying off with regards to how fast and intuitive ShapesXR is. Yeah, that's amazing. Because this is a tool that is built mainly, but of course, many other professionals can use it, but mainly for designers. What have been what have you seen in your experience in terms of the use of UIs? Um, do you see that is evolving in a different way because now it's in virtual reality? Has it changed? In, it's not just two D, or or how do you see that evolvement there? Yeah, I think it's a very co complex uh, uh, story in a way. So what happened is that. Um, the way, especially we see the people that are making the most advantage of shape are those that are start to moving away from their 2D paradigms. So moving away from, uh, from, uh, from flat screens and from 2D panels. So what happens is that the designer that have this mind, mind switch, right, that they start thinking differently, then in shapes, they can actually prototype and show those interaction in space. And they also think differently. So their UI and, uh, and again, interaction don't, don't look like those 2D panels that are floating uh, in front of them and they are really more spatial. So they end up creating a very different, uh, a more immersive experience. The fact is that also for people that we are instead designing for 2D, uh, they, I mean, they're designing for VR, but they still like rely on, on 2D panels. That is something that we are, we are also trying to figure out and to, to help have that transition, a, more, a smoother transition from, from tools like Figma into, uh, into VR. So right now people everybody can actually export their images png and jpegs position them in space and what we have seen in that case is that um, the ability to actually position uh, a ui in space uh, as well as relative for example to the user already adds another dimension to their designs because at that point they are not just creating user flow on a screen and maybe adding uh, a background image of, of a kitchen for example to give an idea okay this should be in a kitchen but well the kitchen could be the tabletop the countertop right could be like the, the splash screen behind the burners it could be like floating in space where is actually this ui uh, how big is it uh, does it follow the user so though all those very important decisions and uh, that's one of the things that we are currently exploring and how to uh, merge those two work and to, to allow actually to create those 2D panels that are in 2D uh, and bring them in, uh, in shapes. Uh, and at the same time, how to make even more powerful the one that are creating those uh, immersive 
uh, immersive interfaces and are really like leveraging the power of VR. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Thank you. Does the fact of changing the 2D paradigm of the flat screens and creating something different, for example, a UI that is in form of like a, a box or, or that has, you know, touchable um, 3D objects as, as UIs, does it change in some way the fact that people is not familiar with them and, and that those interactions for the user or, or people is just like open to just try them and, and it's all, all good? How, how that transition has been happening? Yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, it, it is about, I mean, familiarity is important. So you cannot make something that is completely alien to people because then they wouldn't understand. The fact is that finding the right balance is really the, sweet, the, the key, right? So uh, I want to give you a couple of examples. Uh, in our case, for example, people always ask us, um, how do I delete object? Because that's not immediately intuitive, right? But what happens is that when they discover that to delete object, they throw them away, mm -hmm. they have a laugh, smile, and then they kind of like appreciate the experience. So then throwing object away, it's kind of like, it's an analogy, right? Of how you would throw away object in the real world. And yet it's still, it's still like somehow resembled. Another example is, for example, if in another games like Demio, you uh, you have different to select a level instead of pointing at things. Those levels are present in a form of a booklet that then you put on the table. So to select a level, you actually grab a booklet yeah. and then put it on the table, and that's the moment that you have selected that specific level. Uh, <laughs> so how fun is that? I mean, it, it is just also like guiding the, the user to understand those interactions and to make the experience that is in VR something that is more, more delightful, that is more memorable. So mm -hmm. yes, something that is completely alien, it's tricky. Mm -hmm. uh, but on the other hand, if we are not experimenting right now, when? Because this is the moment that we are defining those, uh, those interactions in the future, mm -hmm. right? So... I think it's important to 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 be open minded and, and keep exploring uh, with this uh, with this and not always be afraid and that's why there are prototyping software like shapes that allow you to understand and and start creating those interaction and not always rely on uh, to the panels. This is amazing because shapes XR is like the little lab where we can go there and experiment ourselves how things might behave, how it might feel in virtual reality before we go and build something that was done um, in 2D, in paper or something like that. So this is- and this I also brings me, Diana, I just, Diana, I just wanted to add one more thing because yeah, I think yeah. that we always talk in designing for VR, but I mean, we also know right now that there is a lot, a lot of interest in this new generation of mixed reality headsets, right? That are coming, being Project Cambria, being, for example, Apple Glasses, and at that point, would you want to see just 2D panel floating on your room? On your, you, you don't, right? I mean, you don't want that. You want maybe some, something that is more uh, playful or something that is more sleek than just a 2D panel with, with a toggle, right? And how do you do it? Well, I mean, that's one of the things we also have uh, put in even more effort. So we, we are improving our pass-through features. So you, you will be able to... Toggle pass-through, see that gray for now, of course, but in the future, it's going to be in color, uh, have that gray, uh, that gray impression about the surrounding. And then 
within that environment, you can start create, right? You can start add um, uh, digital content. Maybe you can add portals uh, to, to really augment the space around you. So it's not just about to the panel anymore. It, it's really about creating a, a room and a, and, a, and a room scale experience, literally, where the room and the physical space is key at that point, And we should be able to design around it. So it's for VR, it's for mixed reality, and it's for the future that is ahead of us. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen personally designers struggling, trying to learn, you know, the, the typical use of 2D screens in VR and, and, and playing, of course, with the set distances, with the angles, with all of these. I think that this feature of pass-through is absolutely beneficial because we just don't now not only have to try to uh, fit these type of uh, guidelines in VR, but also with the real environment is the best measurement that we can have, right? We just don't have to be exactly. yeah, measuring, but how is it, how does it feel? Like I have passed through and I have my, my kitchen here, my counter here, like how does it feel? It's right there. I don't have to be, you know, trying to invent something. So. 2D sometimes it gets more complicated even in VR. I am absolutely um, like, I, I like to encourage people into try to go out of the box of the typical 2D screens. Yeah, it's amazing how much we can do right now. And so just to waste our time in 2D screens, which is the typical, it's, um, it's, really, it's really not using totally the power of VR or AR, mixed reality. So thank you so much for making that huge, you know, leap, helping people with the lab, like Shapes XR, to actually start experimenting with this and creating a new way, new ways to, to interact with the digital and real world. So that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. And so you, you are, I believe you are a developer. Is that uh, what you are originally? Or, or I so me as a, as a role, personal role, I'm head of business. So I come from a completely non-developer background. Ah, okay. uh, so I am really indeed more on, a, on let's say, communication and, and the helping people get in contact with clients, onboarding uh, people that are passionate about this. So I'm not a developer. And I think it's just another proof of how inclusive and open, in a sense, this, uh, this VR space is. So, yep, no, I cannot write one line of code. That's amazing because um, also my other question is what type of, if, if it is in your um, awareness of what type of maybe general challenges were faced in the actual development of Chase XR? Right. So I, one of the things that uh, was uh, very tricky was the synchronization and the real time aspect. Wow. Because what happened is that uh, when you are designing, well, so when you are creating the real time, if you're creating a game, everything is baked, right? It's a single player game, let's say. And then the whole environment is there. You just go through. There isn't so much going on in real time. Well, instead, when you are in, in a collaborative app and people are someone in the US, someone in Europe, and you are working on the same space, and you want to have the communication that is flawless. So that means that the, the algorithm for voice and, and movement and objects is actually perfect. 
So what we did is that we ended up rewriting completely the, the, uh, the code for that and not relying on what was provided, uh, for example, from Unity or others. Okay. What we did is that we had to rewrite the algorithm uh, completely for voice and uh, real-time uh, collaboration from scratch. So we didn't rely on anything that was provided by Unity, but we rewrote it ourselves. Yeah, wow. That sounds like an interesting challenge. And uh, having to create your own customization, it's uh, definitely some interesting work that you have had to do there. So from the point of view now of growing Shapes XR, like growing a community, more like in the entrepreneurial side, what have been your most like difficult challenges and how you, you've been able to navigate through them? Well, I mean, I think the important thing is always to be to be genuine and transparent with what you're doing. So in a sense, what we have done was always to, to share early on what we were working on, what were our progress, and, uh, and try to, to actually in, in inspire people. Um, and sometimes what is instead challenging is, is communicating the purpose of the tool. Because what happened? I mean, when you are on on uh, on when you go on the Quest Store, right? There are a bunch of apps, and anybody can go there. Everybody can download shapes and says and says, okay, yeah, what what is this? I cannot 3D model. I want to make boolean. I want to change vertices. The and, and, and you cannot prevent it. So people have certain expectation with regards to what a tool does. Um, so the most difficult part was uh, was finding. And I'm not sure we have found a way, to be honest, <laughs> find a way to actually communicate what the tool is, is for. So it is a tool to mock up prototypes, storyboard, uh, do UX, UI design for VR, uh, maybe showcase real world services, real world products, but it's not a 3D modeling tool. It is not an artistic tool. Uh, so th that still remains, and it is tricky, especially when you are uh, building an app for productivity and collaboration. It is a very narrow niche, and within this space, there are very apps that have very different use cases that still are thrown in the same bucket. We'll be, I mean, we are thrown in the same bucket as Tiltbrush, Gravity Sketch, Arkeel. I mean, everyone, <laughs> every one of these apps has different purposes. Uh, so it, it's a bit like comparing Figma with Photoshop and with Illustrator. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, of course you can use them somehow, but they're not the same thing, right? They, they do very different things and you can obtain very different results with all of them. So it is, it is a bit the, it, that's a bit of the challenge when communicating outside what we're doing and building a community that is supportive of what we do. Uh, that, that is, I would say, what, one of the tricky aspects. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. I understand you might have done already some sort of partnerships, right, with other companies, etc. How How did you get to create those partnerships? Like, how do you actually, in the early stages, because right. now many people is using Shapes, but at the beginning, how did you create those partnerships to believe in yeah. Shapes exactly? So at the beginning, it's a lot of groundwork. So that means that you try to realize who are the people that are interested uh, from contacts on your, uh, it could be in your social media, someone that likes your post uh, and, and so on. So it is really like scouting and digging and finding the right, the right person. Uh, yes, of course, we work, for example, with, uh, uh, so some of our client, clients include Accenture, uh, uh, Logitech, 
so, and those are people that are already invested in VR uh, heavily, uh, and that consequently have been looking for uh, uh, a tool like uh, like shapes. Now, I also have to be honest, in our case, we were still relying on what we have done on PC. So we were not completely starting from zero. Uh, we have, in a way, uh, lost some people that were the animators that don't find shapes as useful as it was for Tori. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, we still had those like interest and conversation that were somehow warm on what we were doing with Tori and that we were able to, to represent the new things that we were doing to others. So I'm not sure this would apply to everybody, but I think it's just to be transparent about the situation that we, we had. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you for that. Yes. Um, what, what would be the, the, the things that are coming up or, or the vision for Shapes XR? Where do you want to see Shapes XR in a couple of years or so? There is, there is a lot. Uh, I mean, there is like so much we are working on. You have no idea. Uh, I mean, one of the, there are a couple of things I'm super excited about and it's not two years, but it's about two, three months maybe. Oh. So it's really like timelines are really like uh, shrinked <laughs> in a sense. So one thing is like a better implementation for our pass-through uh, that will allow basically to, when you're in mixed reality, scale yourself, see the, your, your place as a little dollhouse in VR and then going back inside again. So really allow you to switch between VR and mixed reality, just like within the creation process. That is just like mind-blowing. Uh, and as part of that improvement, we also think of working, we are working on pass-through material. So how to then add a material that is passed through that allow you to simulate occlusion and have much more creative freedom uh, when especially creating for mixed reality, that being one. The other thing we are super excited is about uh, interactivity. So we are building an interactivity system that allow basically to uh, simulate interaction and a bit like Figma, you know, you can click here and go to stage eight. You can click here and go to stage 12. So you can create complete user flows and, and, and like expands incredibly the uh, the power of, of what is already powerful right now. So creating interactive prototype, it, it's really like gonna bring the, the utility to shapes to, to a complete new level. And lastly, and just because it's towards the end of this year, we are really working hard and, and, and thinking of how we could leverage what's coming with Cambria and with the next headset. So that is, of course, something that's going to happen towards the end of this year. And we are really like super, super looking forward to not only us being there, but seeing people start creating for this mixed reality. Because, of course, it has always been kind of very... Um, uh, limited to to those headsets that were not that accessible, being like Hololens and so and so on. So content creation was really the case. Now, people rumor again that camera is still not going to be a very accessible headset. That makes sense, uh, being like uh, business oriented. But we'll see how it goes. I think certainly it's going to uh, propel and accelerate uh, all this uh, uh, coming for, going forward. And we are here for the ride. So that's that's really looking. Looking forward to all these options. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. So when these type of new devices are released, because this is one of the first times that we're going to be seeing, you know, many of these devices, how does the app translate to those devices? Like, do you have to actually do some special work and now create a new app in the for for the new device, or or that it does it automatically with new devices? How does it work? Do you have to make a lot of work for that? 
I am uh, I'm not 100% sure in this case. Uh, like it, it seems that it should be possible to just port it. So there is no extra development needed unless I think you will need to, I, I'm not sure, but there, there should be uh, uh, other other features that come with the headset that is just, for example, having a color pastel, right? So in that case, I think there would be some extra work needed to adjust for those extra input extra sensor so the extra sensor you can do xyz so then your app needs to be able to read and then recreate something around that so i think that by default it should work and then if you want to leverage those extra capabilities that's something that you would need to uh to to develop specifically for yeah wow it sounds super exciting because as i mentioned with mixed reality, now you're gonna be able to interact even better with the uh, UIs or, or these uh, objects or whatever, but also with the real world, which is uh, interesting. So, we, so far we've seen virtual reality where we are totally isolated, but mixed reality is gonna be a super combination of these two where we can even easier design even easier. And thanks all by Chaves XR, who is allowing us to create these amazing prototypes. Um, is there anything that you wish I had asked you today besides the fact that you're gonna tell us how to find you or, or how to access you? Yeah? <laughs> I mean, I, I personally, just the one thing is like for anybody that is listening is like the moment to start creating it's now. I mean, there is, <laughs> it is now. And actually, let me say correct. The time to start creating was yesterday. Uh, <laughs> yes, I was thinking that. <laughs> right? So the, the uh, people are sometimes connect. Yeah, what can I do? What can I, how do I start into this? Mm -hmm. I mean, and I hear a lot of people. Yeah, I want to I wanna start creating for augmented reality for the phone. Uh, I mean, it's okay. I mean, everybody can choose its own path. I really believe that that the if you want to be competitive uh, professionally, uh, the, the the best thing that you can do right now is well get a standalone headset, being the Quest Two, uh, and then maybe the Pico will will hopefully also at some point also be there. But in general, get one of these headsets and start learning, start experiencing those apps firsthand because you cannot expect to design for something that you haven't experienced yourself. And do not think that what you need is just to have, um, for example, uh, oh, because I don't know how to do 3D modeling, I don't know how to use Unity. That is absolutely not true anymore. It's really not true. I think that there is a lot of people that have maybe architecture background or, or maybe uh, service design or psychologist. Right, that are going into this world, and with tools like ShapesXR, they can start creating uh, right now. So I think that don't don't wait because it's too late. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, and I mean, joining Circuit Stream or one of the courses is absolutely a great way to kickstart that that mm -hmm. transition in your career. And uh, and that's why we are so so happy to actually have ShapesXR as part of the curriculum that's supported throughout this uh, throughout the course. Yeah, thank you so much. I think that one thing that makes me also very excited is that in these times, there are there is something interesting happening in the world. And is that you can see people that are not architects building worlds, maybe like me. I'm not a formal architect, but I like to build right. worlds. 
Um, there, there are people who are not formal artists yet. They are building, you know, stuff in 3D and they are selling the assets and they are doing amazing things. So we don't need a title in this world now. This, the standard formal education is not necessarily the, the, the guide that you have to follow in these times when it, everything is open source. You can learn from everywhere and not wait for any title to give you the right to create something or to do something. So, right? It's amazing. Exactly, exactly. And, and this is all thanks to, I think, because that's what's the reason that got me into this. <laughs> that is the fact that virtual reality gives you superpower. I mean, and it's not shapes, it's in general. Yeah. Of course, you give you some superpower, makes you fly, you can shoot zombies, you can slice uh, cubes, but more interesting, it gives you the creative power that you will never be able to have. Because again, when you create, you it's it's just as easy as grabbing a cube with your hand. Something that in on, a, on another 2D tools, you will need, okay, I need to go to object mode, find the gizmo option, and then check the movement and not, oh, wait, it's stretching. How do I rotate it? No, you grab it and move it with your hand. So this is the kind of things that really, I think virtual reality unlocks and giving the possibility for people to just be creative and not be attached to title or any formal education, but just leveraging their willingness to learn and to create. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you so much, Gabriel. I know that you have a very tight schedule, so we are super, super thankful with your kind sharing of knowledge, experience, etc. You're an amazing person. We follow you on LinkedIn and we see all your events, your active energy, your teaching, your amazing. Thank you so much, Gabriel, for being here today. Thank you very much, Diana. And I think more importantly, for anybody that is looking to jump into this world, you can go on the Quest Store and check ShapesXR or even on our website. And there we have actually an onboarding uh, options where you can just go there, pick an onboarding. We run twice a week with one of our instructors, Jeremy. He's doing, and we're doing like incredible job together with all the all the all the people. Where it's actually you can hop in VR with other people, learn the tool, ask questions. So it is really a great opportunity. So either go to the Quest Store on our website, book an onboarding, and start creating right now. Wow, amazing! Thank you so much, Gabriel. And uh, thank you to all the listeners of this podcast. Please consider subscribing or leaving a review. Thank you so much and see you in the next episode. Bye for now.